0: And head out to Children's Church at this time. All right, so we are going to be continuing on, talking about our spiritual exercises, becoming spiritually fit. We've talked about listening, discerning, meditating, prayer, self-denial. Last week we talked about persistence, the need to keep at it that anything that's worth having is worth going after. We talked about how persistence produces results, that persistence reveals truth, that persistence motivates God, and persistence accesses power. But persistence is undermined by two things. Persistence is undermined by pride and arrogance. Those two things being two different things. They, seemed, they look the same, act the same, feel the same. Pride is when someone is trying to overcome an internal sense of, self, uh, of poor self-worth. And arrogance is where someone actually thinks they are that good. Uh, but they both look the same. They don't want anyone to look down at them. They don't want anyone to look at them uh, as less than whatever it is that they want to be seen as. So when we are called to be persistent going to God, that requires that requires that you and I first and foremost recognize that we are not fully sufficient on our own. We need help. We need God's help. And that is what should drive us to our knees, to plead with him, to beg him, to ask him to come and minister to us to meet our needs if we are prideful. If we are arrogant, we will not be persistent. So we're going to talk about something that we do, one of the spiritual exercises that actually breaks both pride and arrogance. And that is the topic of confessing, the practice of confessing. What does confession have to do with pride, arrogance, or humility? Well, the ultimate reality is we want to hide our weaknesses or deny our weaknesses. We want to pretend that we are more than we are or we, we think that we are more than we are. Confessing requires that you and I actively examine ourselves in an honest way, that we assess ourselves truthfully, faithfully, and fairly. That we look at where we are lacking, we look at what is good. Confession isn't necessarily always a negative thing, as we would think. It is just admitting. It is just being honest about the situation that we are in. So if I struggle with pride, if I struggle with arrogance, the way I get over that is by confessing, finding my weaknesses and determining that I'm going to be an open book. You see, I can't worry about what other people think of me if I'm too busy telling everybody exactly who I am. I can't worry about people thinking I'm more than I am when I'm telling them I'm not. I'm telling them exactly who I am. Confession breaks pride and arrogance. And when we break it, then we find ourselves able to be persistent, So let's back up a moment. I want to ask a very simple question. What is confession? What is confessing? And it's a pretty simple definition, to be honest with you. Confession is declaratively owning what is usually hidden from sight. Now, that can be hidden from sight just because it isn't obvious to someone uh, it may be the color of your car if no one has seen your car. It's not that you're hiding it. It's just that it's not readily, uh, readily, readily observable. It's just not uh, seen at the moment. Uh, I couldn't determine, and so you would have to admit this unseen reality. It can be admitting things that we want to hide, things that we don't want to own up to, things that we don't want to admit things that we want to hide from sight. We don't want anyone else seeing these things. I'm going to give you a personal example of the difference between the two of these. I have here a box. <clears throat> um, I'm going to confess to you something that is not readily observable. You wouldn't look at me and just and just know this, but it's not something that I'm hiding. So, I, like most of us, have Housewear, meaning there's what I wear around the house uh, when, when you know, I'm at home. I'm, I'm not, I don't dress nicely at home. So this is what I wear when I'm around the house. I actually do. This isn't a joke. I actually wear these. I was in Walmart. I saw them and loved them. I mean, it says, unicorn dreams on it. Now, this is something that most of you probably would not think of. You don't look at me and think, that is a sparkly rainbow pant man. It's just not. But I'm not hiding it because I'm here showing you. So it's just something you wouldn't normally see. That's one example of, of confessing, just admitting something. You're not ashamed of it. It's just what it is, and nobody else would would know about let's put these up because they are extremely distracting but then we have the other confession which is where you, you you try to hide you try to hide your weakness you try to hide what it is you're going through and so like for me um i'm going to confess that as a pastor on many occasions i feel like in uh, not on many occasions on most occasions i feel like a absolute failure in my profession i i I want to present you know as a pastor you feel like you're supposed to present this this air that you have it all together and that you're the example for people to follow but but the reality is I feel worthless most of the time I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do that's something like all of us things that we want to hide that we don't want to admit that we need to we need to be open about those things We share those things. What is confession to the Christian? Well, there are two things in the Bible that we are told that we are to confess. The first one is this, is the confession of sin. We are told to confess our sin. So in the very beginning, Adam and Eve, they are in the garden. They are sinless. They have no mistakes. They go, and they, they listen to the serpent. They take the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They eat it, and sin comes into the world. Two things immediately happen, and they're both the same thing. One, they look at each other, and they realize we're naked. And so they make clothes to hide their private parts. And then they hear God coming in the, in the afternoon, and they go and do what? Hide. They hide from God. What we see is the initial direct, I mean, the, the primary thing that sin drives us to do is hide. Hide who we are and hide from God. So it would only make sense if sin wants to be hidden, then the only way to truly overcome sin is, is to confess it the only way to overcome it is by admitting it whatever you want to hide is what controls you we think oh man we we oh, we, we think that man if, if i just ignore it and act like it isn't there i never made that mistake i'm not i don't have these weaknesses if i if i just don't admit it and i don't show it to people then then i'll, I'll be free of it but that isn't the truth because when i hide it i i give it I give it rent in a portion of my head where it lives, and it continues to be there. And because I don't want anyone to find out about it, so I have my freedom, it sits there, and I literally have to minister to this sin. I have to guard it, protect it, make sure no one finds out about it. I'm anything but free. The only moment I'm free is when I don't care that everybody know it. That's the only time it has no power over me. I don't have to hide it. I don't have to do anything with it. It's just what it is. So in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, Solomon writes, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses, And forsakes them will obtain mercy. This entire world is scrambling to be free of the power of sin, even those locked in it. There are those who are in sin in life who make every argument for why it isn't really sin or why they aren't wrong, and and they need you desperately to believe it. They need you to believe it. Why do they need you to believe it? Isn't it enough that they believe it? It isn't, because internally, sin by nature imparts guilt And so there's only two ways that you overcome that guilt. One, you get everyone around you to pat your back, tell you it's going to be okay, and it really isn't as bad as you think it is. And so we get to the point. I'm telling you right now, if someone has to have someone else tell them they are okay, that by definition tells you they are not. They're not. Because of the guilt in us, we either get rid of it, Or we have to have other people constantly stroking us and telling us, it's okay, it's okay, there's nothing wrong with us. Confessing is the only way. That's what this world doesn't understand. The only freedom from that guilt is just being honest about it. Just opening up and speaking what it is, admitting it. In Romans 3, 23, Paul writes, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Probably uh, a very, very uh, famous, very well-known passage, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul here, this guy wants you to understand, you and I who decide that we want to hide our sin from other people, that we don't want to admit sin, we don't want anyone to see our weaknesses, we are self-deluding ourselves. We are deluding ourselves. We are living in a fairy tale land in our head. We are constructing false realities that at any moment can fall apart. You want to talk about anxiety? You want to talk about being riddled with worry? Build your entire self identity on a false premise. No. Paul says you have to begin and understand with the fact that all of us have sinned and all of us fall short of the glory of God. It is only in confessing our sins we move from darkness to light. We move from blindness to sight. It is only in confessing it. But there's another confessing that's in the Bible. Confession of sin, but there's also confession of faith. We see that in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it was confession, of, uh, confession in, in God, right? Uh, so you have uh, guys like Daniel, who was, even though there was an edict that you were not to pray to any god, uh, who he continued to pray in secret, and when it was found out, he refused to deny it. He refused to deny it. He refused to hide it. Nope, nope, I, I do it. He was thrown in the lion's den for it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who would not bend their knees to worship the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had erected. They refused. They were thrown into the fiery furnace at the base of that statue. In the New Testament, though, it is important to understand that our confession of faith, it is is faith in God through Jesus Christ. So in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The only confession that matters now is that Jesus Christ is the Lord of creation. Nothing else matters. And in fact, what we're told here in Philippians is, you know what? Even those who will not admit it now, there is the moment when we all stand before the throne when every knee is going to bow. Every knee will confess, everyone will acknowledge that he is the Lord. They will not be able to deny it. The confession of faith is the admitting the reality of who Jesus is, acknowledging who we are in him, acknowledging what it is that he's done for us. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What we need to remember is that confession is not a momentary event. It's not something that we did or it's not something that we have done. It is something that we do. Confession, the, uh, confessing the lordship of Jesus is something that we either do in each moment or we are not doing in each moment. That's why James tells us, he says, do not, brothers, merely be hearers of the word, but be doers as well. Be doers. Because the one that makes this a momentary thing is deluding themselves. The confession of Christ is one where we confess not only by words, but also by the actions and the deeds and the things that we do in life. We either live a life of confession or we do not. So if confessing is admitting something, I think I remember my English right, there needs to be a direct object. What am I confessing to? What is receiving my confession? And so in the scriptures, there are two things. There are two things. One, we confess to self and to God, and we confess to others. Biblical instructions in the scripture we're going to look at tell us that we are to confess to ourselves, and that's going to be important to ourselves and God, an internal confession as well as an external confession, a confession. To those around us. And when it talks about confessing to those around us, it is not merely speaking of those who are inside the body, but it is talking about uh, actually opening up and being legitimately authentic with the world that is around us and stop pretending. We'll get to that in just a a moment. So, what you see is you have four quadrants. And I couldn't remember what this is called, it's not a Venn diagram, because a Venn diagram is when circles intersect. It, it's what? Write it down for me. Yeah, I'll put that in my notes for next time, and act like I'm smart. So what we're going to do is, we're gonna we're gonna kind of take the lines down, intersecting with the lines going across, and we're going to see biblical instruction of four confessions. The first one. Let's get into this. Is this is that we need to confess our sin. To ourself and God. You have to own up to it. You got to own up to your mistakes. You got to own up to your weaknesses. You can't worry about other people, how they're going to look at you, whether they're going to look down on you. It doesn't matter. You have to own up. We need to be honest with ourselves. You and I, we are broken. We are in fallen bodies if we do not recognize that there is something wrong with us, we will not ever seek to make it right. How many, how many of you had family members? I mean, it, usually it's like a grandpa, great-grandpa. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your husband if he's that big of a knucklehead. I don't know. But there's always a man in, in your life that whenever they, they're hurting and, and they've got something that's like been going on for months and you tell them, hey, you need to go to the doctor. What do they say? No, I don't. There's nothing wrong with me they are just in denial. I don't know how many men I've uh, talked to that sit there and say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just a pain." Maybe it is just a pain. Maybe it isn't just a pain. Maybe there's something wrong with you. There was one guy I was talking to one time, and, and, and I was looking at him because I was, I was serving at a church, and, and he was he was he was sick and hurting. I said, "You need to go to the doctor." This is what he said. This, and he doesn't even realize how how de- like delusional this is. He said, "I don't want to go to the doctor. They might tell me something's wrong with me." Right, that's, that's why you go. They find something wrong and they fix it. But he, he couldn't even picture hearing the words that there was. He would rather there be something wrong and kill him than have to possibly own up to the fact that there might be something wrong with him. That is messed up. But we do it all the time, it's human nature We hide it, we don't want to admit it, man We don't, we're not, we're, we don't admit And we do the same thing with sin, we sit there and we say Uh-uh, I, I don't have a problem, I don't, there's nothing wrong with me And we won't even admit it to ourselves. And listen, if we don't admit it to ourselves, We don't approach the doctor, we don't come to God We go and hide our sin, and God comes walking through Hey, where are you guys? And we're hiding We're trying to hide everything away like he doesn't see it anyway Which is ridiculous We've got to be honest With ourselves There is no healing. There is no forgiveness if we do not first acknowledge the problem. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The doctor will heal you if you will simply come to him and tell him your symptoms. Your God wants to heal you. You have to admit it. You have to tell him what's wrong and give him the chance to to heal you. We don't just confess our sin to ourself and God, though. We also go to the next quadrant, and we confess our sins to each other. We confess our sins to each other. This one is really hard, because one, it's one thing to hide it from yourself, but even when you finally admit that there are things that you are not good at or that you struggle with thing you know whatever it is once you admit that the last thing you want is anybody else to possibly even know this. We do not want to appear weak to other people. We do not want to be the only person who might be struggling with this. Why don't we share with each other the sin that's in our life, the problems that we're going through, the struggles that we're facing? Why don't we do this? Because we are terrified, terrified that we are the only ones in the room that is possibly facing this problem. So we keep our mouths shut. The problem is everybody keeps their mouth shut. We don't want to be judged. James 5, 16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confession brings healing. Healing we have to expose it and expose it to each other do you do you know why we don't confess why you don't see confession of sin in the church it's because we're afraid of being judged that people are going to look down on us why are we afraid of that because the church has not confessed its sin to one another here drives me nuts but here is the reality that we are in. In this room we are told in Ecclesiastes that there is no sin. Ecclesiastes, sorry. There is no sin that is not common to man. What I'm struggling with, what I'm facing, someone in here is also struggling with. It is a lie to believe that I'm the only one. The scriptures tell me I'm not the only one. In fact, even when I think I've invented a new sin, there's nothing new under the sun. There's the Ecclesiastes. No, see, when I confess my weakness, when I confess a struggle with anxiety or depression, when I confess those things, then other people in the room hear that they aren't alone. It's not about how I feel about it, but when I confess, I join the chorus of people who are acknowledging and recognizing that we have mistakes and we have weaknesses and we have problems and we need each other, and if we will merely pray for one another, we can be healed. But Satan he wants us to hide it, hide it. They're not gonna understand. Are they good okay, church. Are there going to be people, maybe in this room, who will judge you if you confess your sins to them? Sure. Yeah, there will be. They're jerks. They're the problem. Not your sin. They're the problem. someone judges you you better start praying for him because jesus was very specific about what was happening to them he talks about how there's two people that are praying and one is a beggar and he's beating he's beating his chest and he's oh lord forgive me a sinner and the other guy next to him is going oh lord thank you that i'm not like this guy over here with the sins he's got jesus looks and says one of those men only one is going home forgiven One is not. The person that's willing to look down upon you because of your mistakes is the weaker person, the unforgiven person, the true sinner. So we're going to open up. We're going to share our, our, our weaknesses, our struggles, all of that. We're not going to be ashamed. There's no reason to be ashamed of it. The whole point is is that we. the only way that I can be free of it is by confessing it. I have to share it. I have to say it. So ultimately, we're told to confess our sins to one another. So we have to kind of own up to are we going to do it because god tells us to or are we not going to do it because other people might look down upon us and really that brings us to the next thing which is the question you know what motivates our decision making and that's what brings us to that third quadrant which is this is uh confessing faith to myself and to god who do i follow who do jesus says who do you fear more god Or man, man who can destroy the body or God who can destroy both body and soul in hell? Put it in perspective. Who are you trying to please, man or God? Paul asked that question. No, we are called to confess faith in Christ both to ourselves and to God. We put our faith in Jesus. We declare him. In word and in action, we confess him as Lord, and it is easy to see, it is easy to tell whether we are living with him at the helm of our life or whether we are allowing other people to determine for us how we are going to live. In Romans 10, 9, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is no other name among men by which we may be saved. There is only one name, that if we confess with our mouth, that we will be saved. God is looking for us to recognize the reality. Christ is Lord. You are either in submission or rebellion. That's fine. We have a world that wants to rebel. That is also fine. It does not change the reality that he is Lord. And our decision-making, our thoughts, our actions, our words should reflect that. But I want to focus on one other thing real quick. I I want to hit on the, the confessing to ourselves, confessing our faith to ourselves, because that, that may not seem like it m- makes a lot of sense what do you what do you mean that we, we need to confess our faith or i need to tell myself what it is i believe yes when satan has tempted me when he's berating me when he's insulting me when he's degrading me when he's trying to hurt me and tear me down and he's trying to put shame into me i need to remember i need to declare and i need to confess i am a child of god I am redeemed. I am holy. I am righteous, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. I have power from on high to do whatever he's asked me to do. I do not have to give in to sin. It has no power over me. We need to declare again the truth of Christ in us. I am loved by God. I am accepted by God. I am wanted by God. I am seen. I am known. And there is nothing that can separate me from his love. So go ahead, Satan. Throw at me. Remind me of all of my sin. Try to make me feel shame because I am forgiven. We confess that faith to ourselves. Last quadrant. We confess our faith to others. Faith isn't faith if if it isn't evident. Jesus said it very clearly you don't light a candle and put it under a bowl, that's not the purpose of a candle. It's either emitting light, which is what it's for, or, or it isn't. He says, he says salt that's lost its saltiness is not useful. Faith isn't faith if it isn't evident. James tells us that. He says, you show me your faith by your words, I'll show you my faith by my actions. Your confession of faith should be evident to all. Not done for everyone else, but it should be evident to everyone else. And Jesus says it very clearly. Luke 12, 8-9. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God, but the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. We are... I want to hit on this confessing to others, both the sin and the faith. God needs Christians admitting our weaknesses because the one thing this world hates of us more than anything is our false pretension of self-righteousness. That we are somehow different and better than they are. That we somehow have got it together where they do not. Friends, we do not. We merely have Christ. This world needs to see Christians that are not hypocrites. I'm not saying that we deny the truth, but I'm saying that we don't go and bludgeon people with it. We go out and we just admit who Jesus is. We're not attacking anybody, but we're going to be unyielding. We share with them our mistakes. We share with them what we've done and what Christ has done in our life. Those two things, they go hand in hand. And the reason the church has not been effective is we have not owned up to our mistakes and our sin, and we have not given Jesus Christ the credit for our righteousness. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be important, more so. I used to hang out with my cousin at night. Whenever we'd have a sleepover, and unlike most kids who were getting up and trying to, s- you know, sneak HBO or Cinemax on uh, the uncle's television, we were in his room with Revelation open, reading it. We had dreams that we were the, I don't know, man, this is kind of messed up a little bit. We had, we had dreams that we were the two prophets. They get butchered and then brought back to life. We thought that was cool. Since I was a kid, I've known this nation was going to turn. I've always known. That that which is evil will be called good, and that which is good will be called evil. I've told people all along the way how it's going to happen, and it's exactly how it's happening. In the 70s and 80s, I was telling people it's going to happen this way. No, that can't happen in America. So having been right so far, let, let me tell you the rest of it. The pressure has only begun. This world requires that you tell them they're okay. They require that you see things their way. They will demand it. And if you will not yield, they will begin to punish. And when we do not yield to job loss, they're going to ratchet it up progressively, going after us, trying to break us, and you have got to decide, and the sooner the better, will you confess Christ? The only hope that we have is being true. Not being false. Not pretending to have it all together. Not pretending that we know better. It's not like that. The power of your story is the same one that Paul demonstrated. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. In his letters, he always, always stops and says, I'm a murderer. I hunted God's people. I executed God. God's people. That's who I am. He is admitting it to himself. He is admitting it to God, and he is admitting it to all of those who are here, and there's a reason. There's a reason because the second part that goes throughout his letters is he says, you know what? Because of that, I cannot boast in myself. I can't boast in anything I've done, but I can boast in the Lord and what he has done in me. This is the entirety of your message. Being honest about who you were without Christ, being honest about your weaknesses, and being honest about your current struggles as a Christian. But also proclaiming and declaring everything good and transformative in your life came from him and it is offered to all. But you have to be the whole package. You've got to be what was while showing what is. Your life is the confession. If you are living the Christian life correctly, these four things, we've separated them out as four, looked at different scriptures that separate them out as four, but if you're living your life right, It is one confession. It is just a confession of truth. Who I am, I'm not hiding it, and who he is and what he's done. It's all one. So we make this our practice. There's a reason. Everything that God asks us to do is for our benefit. There is freedom in letting go. There is free. You you don't have to worry about what anyone thinks of you. I always said to my, I've always said to my kids, my parents always said to me, it will be better for you if I find out from you than I find out from somebody else. Because all we really want in life is for people to be real. Just be real. So I want to encourage you this morning to confess who you are, confess who he is, just make, make your life that confession. Let's stand, we're going to sing our song of invitation. If you are ready, if you need to confess in this morning, do not worry about those who, the, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm saying the couple, and, and I don't have anyone in mind, I'm just saying if there's anyone, it's only going to be like a couple of knuckleheads who are going to look at you cross-eyed. The people here want, want to pray with you. We all have been through this junk. We've all been through this stuff. If you are ready to make that confession of faith, you can do so this morning to claim him as Lord, to recognize the undeniable truth that you are going to admit anyway one day. Let's come forward while we sing this song.